Welcome to the Happy Highly Sensitive Life Podcast, where we talk about building a life that lights you up as a highly sensitive person. In this show, you'll feel like you're sitting down with a friend who's here to help you unlock your energy, find the work you're designed to do, express your true self, and follow your heart. It's time to shift the conversation about sensitivity. In this space, your feelings are always valid. A joyful life and work you love are meant for you, and the possibilities are endless. My first radical act of listening to my body came in grade school. I pretended to be sick so I could stay home from school for the day. Now, looking back on it, I can see that I was a wiped out HSP who just needed a break. The world said I needed to go, but I knew I needed to stop. And so on those days that I woke up with a morning sore throat and managed to convince my mom to let me stay home from school that day, I was taking the rest that I needed to recharge. Now, as an adult, work, school, and family obligations are a lot more complicated, and you may feel like the idea of taking a day off because you're wiped out is just as bold as my seven-year-old voluntary leave day from school. There's huge pressure to be hustling 100 miles an hour. One day, a few years ago, I was in my busiest season at work. I was welcoming our summer interns at the university, which was always a busy time. And on this particular work day, I was exhausted because I worked a lot of the weekend. And I got to the office and couldn't find my keys anywhere. I retraced my steps back to my car that was parked in a parking deck almost a mile away and discovered that the keys were in the ignition and the car was still on. Another day earlier in my career, I'd worked a 12-hour day. I was leaving the office and was last to lock up, and I got to the front door of the building and couldn't remember which key locked the front door. My mind was a complete blank. As a highly sensitive person, when I'm bypassing my body's fatigue, I'm absent-minded and more easily overstimulated, noise-sensitive and jumpy, and my sugar cravings go up since cravings for energy can show up as sugar cravings, and eating sugar is more likely to lead to a blood sugar crash later on, which makes me hangry and even more easily overstimulated. I'm definitely one of the HSPs that can't drink caffeine to compensate for my low energy, although back in the day, I did try green tea for energy, but that just left me anxious, jittery, and more jumpy, and kept me from getting a decent night of sleep. So as HSPs, fatigue can come for more than just overdoing it, though. It can come from being overstimulated, from deep processing, or from doing something new or stepping out of your comfort zone. Pushing beyond your capacity may work for a while, but eventually you'll find that your life starts to lose its luster. You're just going through the motions and your days aren't fun anymore. You no longer feel a spark and you've got nothing to look forward to. And eating sugar, drinking wine, or doing online shopping become the only ways to have a moment to feel a little lighter. For me, I know sugar was my way to relax. Studying to be a health coach, I learned to look at how to make life adjustments so that your whole life nourishes you. 
Now, you may think, I can't make any changes to my life. There's nothing I can do about this right now. If you are, remember that your mind has a natural negativity bias that stops you from stepping out of your comfort zone. Its intention is to make you proceed with caution, but I'm here to lovingly encourage you to look past those doubts and fears. To imagine how your life could be different, easier, more satisfying, what would that life look like? If you can imagine it, you can make it happen. So today, in this episode, I'm here to share some strategies you can build into your everyday life starting today so you can have a bit more space for rest. And I'm also here to nudge you to think outside the norm about how you can set up your life so that it works for you. In this episode, you will learn five things that may make you tired, six breaks to consider adding to your life and day, three gentle ways to up-level your food choices to support energy during your day, including a doable way to eat less sugar, and how to build an aligned life to counteract burnout. I hope this episode will give you permission to pause and recharge and release the pressure to be on the go constantly. So let's dive in by talking about five things that may make you tired. The first thing that may make you tired is being around other people. Say you've just had an intense emotional conversation or met someone for the first time and had had to make small talk, or you've been around unpredictable people that are emanating stress or anxiety. Absorbing their emotions and walking on eggshells is wearing. If you're with someone who has a very strong personality and you feel you have to match their energy output, that's tiring too. So if you know you're Myers-Briggs type and you're an introvert who recharges by being alone and you live with an extrovert who needs to be around people to feel energized, you know how the pressure to be as social as them is exhausting. And if you're an extroverted HSP who's feeling overstimulated, you need alone time to recharge, but you may find your energy becoming drained from too much time alone. If you're not sure whether you're an introvert or extrovert, you can take a free personality test that has roots in the Myers-Briggs at 16personalities.com. That's 16personalities.com. I'll link that in the show notes for you. There's one other personality assessment that reveals something significant about energy levels, and that's human design. Human design shows us that the body has four energy motors. The most powerful motor in the body is the sacral. About 70% of the population has what's called a defined sacral center. These are the generator and manifesting generator types. A defined sacral gives you consistent energy to be on the go from sunup to sundown, working the traditional workday. But about 30% of the population has an undefined sacral center. These are projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. An undefined sacral center gives you a limited amount of energy, and when you run through that energy, you need to rest to refill your tank. You are not designed to constantly be on the go. Your best work days give you a chance to rest if you need it. You may feel like you're struggling or you've struggled to keep up with the energy levels of the hustle and grind culture, and very painfully, people may have judged your need to rest by thinking you're lazy or unmotivated. People with undefined sacral centers have learned their human design type and cried from relief when they learned they had an undefined sacral center. They finally understood why they feel so energetically different from other people. Knowing this can give you a new level of self-compassion. 
If you have an undefined sacral and your partner or the people you live with have a defined sacral, you may feel constant pressure to match their energy levels. So much so that if you share a bed with someone with a defined sacral, you will feel pressure from their defined sacral in your sleep. Human design recommends sleeping alone, and while this will take some loving conversations with your partner to navigate, it's worth it to try sleeping alone from time to time to see how the quality of your rest changes. Now, if your intuition is nudging you to learn whether or not you have a defined sacral, you can run a free human design chart by going to geneticmatrix.com and entering your birth date, birth time, and birth country, city, and state. When you see your human design chart, you'll see it has nine geometric shapes. The sacral center is the second square from the bottom. If it's defined, it will be colored in, and undefined, it will be white. I will post an example human design chart in the show notes so you can see which is the sacral center with a link to genetic matrix and instructions for running your chart. So let's continue with talking about five things making you tired. The second is deep processing. As an HSP, you are a deep processor. Meetings, client appointments, job interviews, or classes that require paying close attention leave you wiped out. An intense meeting with a charged agenda can leave you drained. Your deep processing also kicks in when you're exerting high discipline and focus to complete a mental project or if you're processing and taking in a crowded space. Nothing makes me want to rest like the overstimulation that comes from absorbing all the sights and sounds and energy of a conference or a large family gathering or a funeral that requires me to be on and work a room. The third thing that can leave you tired in the day is eating food that's creating energy drops. Convenience and processed foods that give you a quick surge of energy but lead to a quick drop in blood sugar can leave you tired, unfocused, impatient, and irritable. Running on an empty fuel tank, you have less stamina for coping with deep processing and emotional fatigue, and you're more easily overstimulated. Changing my diet to a whole foods Mediterranean diet that balances my blood sugar led to a significant improvement in my energy and quality of life as an HSP. I no longer felt bleary-eyed and like I was swimming upstream. I didn't realize how poorly I felt because of my food choices until I cleaned up my diet and experienced the difference. We'll talk more about gentle ways to uplevel your diet for more energy in a minute. But let's move on to the fourth thing that can leave you tired, and that's doing something new like going out of your comfort zone and starting a new job or becoming part of a new friend group. Going into unfamiliar territory puts you on the alert as you try to make sense of a new friend group or being in a new space. I've been surprised in the past by how doing new things can be so draining, like the times I thought it would be no big deal to stay the weekend visiting a new partner's parents. Figuring out new group dynamics and navigating unfamiliar environments requires a huge energy output while you judge whether it's safe to be self-disclosing while you learn new personalities and put yourself out there over and over. The fifth thing that leaves you tired is being burned out from living a misaligned life. When you hear the term burnout, you may think of compassion or caregiver fatigue. That's a common term used by nurses and social workers to describe emotional and physical fatigue that comes from caring for others. But in this situation, I'm referring to the ongoing stress of living a misaligned life 
and from over-tolerating any situation that isn't right for you, like a relationship or a job. Perhaps you've outgrown it, or it's become toxic, or it's asking you to function in a way that goes against your essential nature. If your life or work isn't a match for your essential nature, what at first seems or feels like a growth opportunity over time turns into a stressor that overextends you again and again. And if you're not ready to step out and cross the invisible bridge and make a change yet, living in a holding pattern leaves you worn out or perhaps even disrupts your sleep at night. So there are things you can do right now to help you build more rest into your life. The first solution is to adopt a two-phased rest and recovery plan for big events like a job interview or if you're giving a presentation at work or traveling. In phase one, I schedule time in my calendar to rest up before a period of stress. And then after the event is done, I move into phase two and have time set aside to recover and recharge afterwards. So this is especially important if I'm visiting family or friends for the weekend. I always keep my calendar clear and lay low and rest up the week before and then try to return home early in the day on Sunday so I have the afternoon to rest up before work on Monday. And if I'm traveling for the week, I want to get back on Saturday so I have the full day to unpack, rest, and prepare for the next work week. Reentering work is much less jarring this way. The second solution is to schedule breaks into your day. There are six types of breaks to consider adding to your day. Productivity research shows we do our best work only for limited periods of time. And while this research is not HSP specific, it still is helpful for deep processing HSPs to remember. As an HSP, you have those moments where your focus is evaporating when you're in the middle of a project and doing deep processing. Try maximizing your energy for productivity by working for blocks of time. So break type one is taking planned breaks from deep mental work. One of my Instagram followers told me about the Pomodoro technique. You set a timer and work for 25 minutes, then take a five minute break. After four Pomodoros, take a longer 15 or 20 minute break. The breaks allow you to stay fresh. You can try the Focus To Do app that works on your iPhone, Android, tablet, or PC. It makes it super easy to track your productive time and breaks. As an HSP, you can mute the ticking of the clock so it doesn't distract you. I love this technique and it's amazing how fast 25 minutes passes by. I will link this app in the show notes if you want to try it. The second break to add into your day comes after you've been in an exhausting meeting or conversation that's required you to listen deeply. For me, when I come out of a meeting, my first instinct may be to reach for sugar. But what I've noticed is that I really need a break. 15 minutes is all it takes. Resting will get you back on track again. And I love to lie down and rest. It feels so decadent. Studies show that laying down to rest calms the sympathetic nervous system. Your brain takes a break and your heart rate and breathing slow and your blood pressure drops. Not only does this rest promote healing and boost your immune system, it also strengthens your willpower. So here's how I use this. I kick off my shoes, I lay down, cover myself with a blanket and create a sensory deprivation chamber. I turn out all the lights, close the curtains and make it quiet. If you've ever laid in Savasana at the end of a yoga class, then you know how wonderful this feels. I set my phone alarm for 15 minutes and close my eyes. And when I open them, when the alarm goes off, I'm amazingly refreshed and lighter. 
I can feel that my brain has shifted. Now, it's recommended that you lay down to trigger this relaxation response, but if you can't, then do this in your chair at the office, or if you work in an open concept office, reserve a meeting room for 15 minutes and put your head down on the table. If you don't have 15 minutes to rest, walking for five minutes outdoors in nature decreases stress, improves mood, and boosts self-control, according to studies. And that's the third break to try. A 2010 analysis of 10 different studies found that the biggest mood-boosting, stress-busting effects came from five-minute doses of exercise rather than hour-long sessions. Even a little bit helps, according to Dr. Kelly McGonigal, author of the book, The Joy of Movement. So walk to the mailbox or around the exterior of your building for a mental reset. The fourth break is to read a book. Six minutes with a good book reduces heart rate and eases muscular tension by 68%. It captures your attention and requires you to be completely in the moment, leaving your stressors behind. Carry a book with you and read when you're stressed. If you're too worn out after a work meeting to do a task that requires focus like reading, have you ever noticed how cleaning and organizing makes you feel better? Well, that's the fifth break. This is something I used to do at the office on Friday. My brain was fried, so a lower level work task like organizing emails or cleaning my desk or organizing my online files from the week gave me a chance to rest and restore while accomplishing a task I needed to get done anyway. Notice how restoring order gives you a sense of satisfaction. All right, the sixth break is a meditation break. You've heard me talk about meditation on this podcast before. When you're wishing everyone around you would disappear and that your packed afternoon schedule would magically clear up, meditation is one of the self-care strategies that Dr. Elaine Aaron, HSP researcher, promotes repeatedly. If you've listened before to this podcast, then you've heard me mention the benefits of meditation for HSPs. Studies show meditation increases alpha and theta brain activity. That means you become more relaxed with lower anxiety. Plus, higher gamma activity means emotions are being managed better. And more left prefrontal activation is a sign that more positive emotions are being generated. Listen to episode three for more instructions on how to incorporate meditation into your life. I'll include a link in the show notes to episode three. Even five minutes to start can help. Okay, we've just talked about ways to recharge and reboot your energy. Now let's talk about one thing that has made a giant impact on the quality of my day, and that's being intentional about what I'm eating. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, as an HSP, food choices have a massive impact on your energy level and physiological stress. If you want to see the difference that food can make for how you feel, do an experiment. On one day, eat a donut or bagel for breakfast and watch what happens to your energy and stress levels that morning. The next day, eat a breakfast with protein, a bit of slow digesting complex carbohydrate and vegetables, and notice the difference in your ability to function. For me, the donut or bagel will quickly make me tired, unfocused, and more easily overstimulated. I'm sluggish and want a nap. While the other option leaves me energetic and charged all the way through lunch. If you're living a busy life, the idea of overhauling your diet can be daunting. But there are three gentle ways to uplevel your food choices to support more even energy during your day. The first is to curb your sugar intake during the workday. So if the idea of quitting sugar totally is overwhelming to you, 
you can still get good benefits by avoiding sweets from 8 to 5, say, Monday through Friday. That way, you're more likely to avoid blood sugar drops that squash your energy at the times you need to be productive. Anytime you need high energy and focus and to feel resilient, support that by avoiding sugar. Set yourself up to be successful by getting all the sweets out of your workspace and planning what you'll do instead when you normally would reach for the sugar. Create a ritual of sorts that replaces the ritual of eating sugar. I like to have a spoonful of nut butter instead since the fat is satisfying like sugar. I also like a cup of ginger turmeric tea with licorice root for a slightly sweet finish. If reaching for sugar is a reflex when you're stressed, try naturally lowering your stress levels by sipping some comforting tea while reading a few pages of a good book. The second way to up-level your food to support energy is to add in more vegetables to your day. Vegetables are not only full of nutrients, but they have fiber that makes you feel satisfied. When I don't eat enough veggies, I walk away from a meal grazing for junk food that's easy to overeat to the point where it tanks my energy a short while later. You see, nerves in your digestive tract detect the nutrient and fiber content in your food, sending a message to your brain when you've had enough. So eating veggies makes it more likely that I'll stay away from junk food that I'm likely to overeat, leading to an energy crash later. So the third way to level up your food for solid energy is to replace processed and simple carbs with complex carbs or whole grains like bran rice or quinoa. Swap out your sandwich for a grain bowl with your favorite protein, veggies, and a little bit of grains. Not everyone can tolerate grains, but if you can, they digest more slowly and are an even source of energy as compared to processed grains. Okay, here's a bonus tip. Have a bit of protein at every meal to help prevent blood sugar drops that make you tired. Okay, now we've talked about how food can support energy. Let's switch gears and talk about how to build an aligned life to counteract burnout. When you hear the term burnout, you may think of compassion fatigue or caregiver fatigue. These are common terms used by nurses, therapists, and social workers to describe emotional and physical fatigue because of caring for others. But here I'm referring to something a little different. I'm talking about the stress of living a misaligned life or the stress that comes from living a life that's just not a match for you. Just like wearing a shoe that's the wrong size rubs and creates a blister. So how do we get in this predicament? Well, for me, it was following what I thought I should do rather than listening to my inner voice and inner truth. This comes in many shapes and sizes. For example, you may feel pressure to get a job in the field you majored in, even if you hate it, or to say yes when you want to say no out of fear of hurting someone's feelings, or that you have to do certain things to please your family or to keep up appearances with your neighbors or with the other parents at your kid's school. For me, I fell prey to the pressure to marry under a certain timeline. As I talked about in episode four, I got married for the first time at 34 because I thought I should. Society said it was time. All my friends had gotten married years before me. We have other people's voices in our heads telling us what to do so much that we may not realize the pressure there is to conform to some external idea about how to live. I know I didn't. When I was reckoning with the fact that my first marriage wasn't right, I got caught up in self-judgment again based on the idea that people shouldn't be divorcing in their 30s. Over and over again, I thought, divorced at 38? What will people think of me? What if part of the goal of being alive is to live as the fullest and most authentic expression of ourselves? 
to hear what's in our hearts and to respond to it, to honor your uniqueness as much as possible, to give your body what it needs when it needs it, to go to the bathroom when you need to pee rather than holding it, to rest when your body says to rest. What if you let your creative imagination work its magic to design a way to live that honors both your needs and your desires? What if once you peel back society's expectations, the options are endless for how you can live your life? So I ask you, what would you do if you could revamp your life to work for you? In my first adult job after grad school, I started fantasizing about how to spend less time at work to live a slower life. Books about voluntary simplicity with titles like Your Money or Your Life lined my bookshelf. They described inventive ways people could design their lifestyle to save money and report to an office less. Things like creating co-housing arrangements to reduce the cost of living and your work hours, and owning a home with a rental space and then using the rental property income to reduce the number of hours you have to work. I was never courageous enough to consider living off the grid in a yurt or a van to reduce expenses. That was too big a departure from how I was used to living. But these books gave me permission to think beyond joining the traditional rat race, which was very depleting as an HSP. In my second job out of grad school, I had the chance to work four 10-hour workdays, giving me a three-day weekend. And The 10-hour days were long, but the big payoff came from having a long weekend every week. More than any other time, now is the time to explore alternate ways to work. The pandemic is creating a societal shift that is giving us expanded options for making a living. With more virtual jobs than ever before that allow you to work from home, it's more and more possible to find inventive ways to make a living. I'm here to nudge you to think outside the box to create a life that works on all levels. If you can't make radical changes right now, try taking leave time to rest when you need it. Sleep alone for a night or two if you have an undefined sacral center. If you work on the weekend, take a day off on Monday or as soon as you can. And if you're parenting, have a weekend by yourself by sending the kids off on an adventure with your partner or the kids' grandparents. It's by pausing and breaking away that I find I have my most inspired breakthroughs for how to up-level my life. Remember, if you can imagine a way to add more ease to your life, you can make it happen. If your heart is calling you to live differently, get started today. That's all for now, friends. I'm sending you so, so much love as you're making your way through this world as a highly sensitive person. And know that I am always here rooting for you. If you have a question for me about something you heard on this podcast or want to suggest a topic for a future episode, email me at questions at happyhighlysensitivelife.com. If you'd like to receive regular news from me, sign up for my email newsletter by following the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me on Instagram at happyhighlysensitivelife. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, leave a positive comment and rate and review it. Bye now.